Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rage Penguin Podcast. Do we have that theme music ready to go? No, it's not synced up. Well, folks, it's it's episode two of volume two, collection two. You know, here's here's the thing. I'm you know I said did I say last week we're teaching ourselves French? Did we say that, Gina? I don't remember if that was uh, on the show or just an afternote. Yeah, so it it's it's your boy. It's Adam. Oh my. I'm, I'm not gonna say Don't that do again. that. Uh and then not our boy, Dell. How's it going? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> your man. <laughs> your man, man. Dell. Uh so yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're trying to teach ourselves French in the way that you kinda like, yeah, it'd be kinda cool to learn French. I think we talked about this before where it's like hard as hell. Right. Like French. I mean we have to admit this is more your passion than mine, just yeah. because I've always thought French is just too difficult. It, Why do you want to learn French? I, I mean, it just, I don't want to. Answer I mean, in French, please. <laughs> uh, <je> me, <laughs> uh, it was more just like I was watching the show Lupin. Right? Lupin? Oh, right. Lupin. Yes. Lupin. And so I was like. Did you know Sherlock Holmes is in that? Yes. Yeah, I, I told you about this. I think I mentioned this at the end of last week's episode. <laughs> so we I was were highly like, confused. Again. He <laughs> <laughs> was. was like, "What are you talking about?" Well, I was too. Sherlock Holmes, the fictional character, saying. wrote this modern Netflix episode. How did this happen? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I was watching it, and after five episodes, I was like, "You know what? I could pick up the different words." Turns out, there's more words in French than just pom 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 croissant. And I was like, "Well, okay, I can learn that." Uh, Fun fact, like there's a 89% there was a cognate relationship between French and Italian and an 82% yeah. one between Spanish and Italian. So, you know, it makes sense, you know, France right next to Italy and whatnot, but it just like the pronunciation is just off. Yeah, it's right? crazy. So like, and then yeah. Italian is just actually saying things, it's pronouncing the consonants. Uh, anyway, that, that's that's They just fun can't thing. be bothered to, to finish... A word, words. yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't be bothered, so they just throw throw everything away. So yeah, that that's Pretty that's much. basically it. And then they're like real snooty about it. But anyway, I, we were just gonna learn some French. And I forgot. Tell you right now, I forgot why I brought that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> why did I bring that up? Well, I'm gonna take a sip of tea, and I, hopefully that hopefully it comes me. back to you. Which reminds me, I was uh, while you're sipping your tea and trying to remember, I was watching this some video somebody made probably on TikTok or something about how your brain treats you when you go upstairs to get something and then you get up there and don't know what you came for and your brain's taunting you like, I'll tell you when you get downstairs. (laughs) Then you finally get down there and he's like, your phone charger. Dude. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember now. I still don't remember what I was Dang, talking about. I tried to buy thing. you time. Yeah, you know. I just made me think about brains. <laughs> now I just remembered brains. I need my charger. Oh, so I said I was learning I was learning French. I don't remember. Oh, you're just trying now. to like say it again and yeah. you're hoping. Oh. Hey guys, my <laughs> name your steps. My name hey. is Adam. Good you're, evening. Your boy Adam. <laughs> Dell's your man. Your man Del No. Gina gets no introduction. Well, I would say Adam hey, likes French. <laughs> you got it? Nope, it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> Moving on then. Eek. What's new this week, guys? Eek. Well, I'll Nothing. tell you what's new. Everybody is trying to bankrupt <laughs> hedge funds. Isn't that fun? Oh, yeah. 
I just, I'm, I'm late to this game. I only I like the word hedge fund when it's in a movie I don't fully understand. <laughs> so, all right, it, just to keep it absolutely uh, understandable, right? Um, the There's a thing going on where, like, Redditors, and maybe other people, and there's, like, other Predators? Redditors, R-E-D-D-I-T, mm. uh, are, they're kind of flipping the script on the big like wall street firms hedge fund funds and things um so if you are familiar as i know you all are with shorting a stock okay i'll just give you a brief very brief high yeah, level this is where you lose me and this is maybe where you know like somebody's gonna complain about it that's not how it works it's basically <laughs> like this right <laughs> if you are a whatever a, a fund and you want to short a stock i know that you know say well I'll say something that doesn't exist i don't know what standard oil standard oil still exists i don't know uh Probably. standard oil is trading at 50 dollars, and i feel like they're they're just gonna go down man this business not looking good for them they're gonna drop so i will borrow from a brokerage or whatever 100 shares of standard oil and i will sell them boom at the hundred dollars right now and then next week i will exercise my short art Close my what is it? Close my account. My short. Um, when it goes down, so it went down from fifty dollars to forty dollars, and I sold. Uh, I bought the shares at forty dollars, and I have made myself, uh, you know, ten dollars on each share that I that I had. So that hundred shares, what is that? A thousand dollars I made, right? Look at me, big time. Um, now there's a lot of different things there. Like there's a certain amount of money that I have to place into the brokerage fund. Like basically I'm borrowing it, but here's like 25% of the value of the shares. And there's also interest that I have to pay on it. So I can maybe short the stock for three months. And then, you know, that kind of changes the calculations of it, whatever. It's, you know, more complicated than making it seem. So what's happening is that these Redditors are like on this, basically a forum, right? They're like, hey, let's bump the price of an obviously shitty stock like GameStop, you know, mm -hmm. the company that basically gives you 50 cents uh, when you trade them a brand new game that you just bought from there, you know. Pretty terrible company, but they're like, let's boost that stock because so many hedge funds are shorting it. And there's a, there's another factor that, that's there. Like, there's a lot more shorts out there than there is stock available. Anyway, uh, basically, you can put somebody under it's kind of like trading places right where they're like oh, i don't have 700 million dollars whatever like that and they're like well all right we're gonna take your your whatever's from the stock exchange so it's kind of like that um these big funds are like we're going to short the hell out of gamestop and everybody on this forum uh, what is it uh wall street bets they're like buy as much i'm gonna buy as much GameStop stock <laughs> And raise it up. And so the deal about uh, shorting the stock, right? So let's say in my scenario, instead of it going down $10, it went up $10. Well, I just lost $10 on each share. But it could, in theory, go up to $1,000 and I would lose but $900 per share, right? And if I don't have that kind of cash, bad news for me, right? So... That is basically what's happening. It went from like $4 a share to $200 a share. And it's just going up. And these companies are like fully in on it. There was like, I don't know, 100,000 shares on there. So they are 
they don't have enough money one to put in there they're you know they precisely calculate a lot of these things and they don't they have to have a you know the, you heard the term margin call they have to have a certain amount of money love that movie yeah as a minimum in in the thing so they don't have that then they have to chase it. it's called a uh stock squeeze or short squeeze or something like that anyway it's crazy because there's a few other companies like blackberry which is also a shit stock um i think they fubo tv is another one um what is it amc the movie theater chain that is no one's going to right now is another one they want to kind of boost they they basically are looking to see what the uh was it the the short short index ratio i think is what it is basically how many people are trying to go I think you're thinking of short ribs yeah <laughs> anyway it's it's pretty pretty fascinating del have you seen any of this i mean i've i've been reading about the GameStop stuff today, actually. Um, and I've also had heard, and this might be kind of the opposite, the other side of it, but a few months ago, I think it was my brother and I were talking about it, and I, something had come out about uh, like the Robinhood investment app, how all these investors were just like losing everything they own because big time. Um, stock buyers and sellers the big dogs were basically taking mediocre stocks buying a hell of a lot of stock in them to drive it start driving the price up so that all these people would just see it on the robin hood app or whatever and invest in them as well and then then get it to go up and then sell everything real quick and drive the and pl- cause the uh, value of the stock to just plummet and so it's a similar sort of thing, but it doesn't sound, it sounds like maybe the other side of the coin, you know, cause this, the short selling thing is a bunch of like individuals kind of right. Like getting together to. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing is that they're not getting together and that's an important thing because you can't actually coordinate to do this. If doing that, doing so is illegal. Uh, but they think that they're on the right side by saying, we're not telling anybody to do anything. What I'm saying is what I'm going to do. And then other, right. p- other people follow that as just a stock tip, and it's a public stock tip. We're not trading on any insidery information. This is all public information. And I think they're saying, like, you know, we are manipulating the stock market, and it's not any different than the way they are doing it, except that if we go bust, nobody bails us out. They just say, tough luck, buddy. You should have learned the game. And right. whereas we, you know, so that's kind of the, the, ration, the rationale behind it. Some people have gotten rich off because it, it's manipulating the stock price, right? It has nothing to do with the traditional idea of investing in a company. Like, I really like uh, GameStop's business model, and I think it's only going to go up, right? They just right. need more cash. It's gamification of the of the stock market. Yeah, which is yeah. a lot of what happens already. It's a big argument. It's like where we've gotten so far from it that we're just yeah. playing games with it, and it's messing with people's lives here, right? So that's kind of the point that everybody wants to make. And I think they they say that they're going to bankrupt at least one hedge fund. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's possible. I'm not that into it, so I can tell you. I'm just kind of summarizing what I've read. Are these people then, is this like a coming from a philosophical standpoint of like, this is wrong and we're going to show how wrong it is by exploiting the hell out of it? Yeah, that's a lot of what a lot of people say. And then, so I mentioned that there might be a dark side. Is somebody manipulating it? 
there's like, hey, what if this is just one tricky investor saying, I want to make myself $22 million, which some people have. And other somebody else made $750,000. It is gambling, but they, they've been very upfront about it. And you can kind of get into conspiracy theory things where, you know, you can never not prove it wrong. Right? You're just like, well, that's exactly what they would want you to think is that they're being so upfront. That's actually how, whatever. But they, they're saying, look, this is like eventually this is going to burst right? because you can boost the stock value of GameStop. But eventually it's going to go back down to where everybody thinks it is. And nobody thinks right. that GameStop is a good stock, right? <laughs> that business right. model is not really going to work out. Um, you know, so what do you do? I bet you the guy, the CEO, who's, uh, <laughs> whose bonuses and, uh, you know, clauses and contract are based on the stock price. Say, look, buddy, look, uh, board of directors, uh, you know, <laughs> pay me my money. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, an anecdote, it's just side thing. Uh, a big, or part of the reason my brother's video game company ended up going under was because this major game that they were supposed to release that was, that my brother was super stoked about was a GameStop publishing game. They were trying to get in the publishing side of things and couldn't afford to make finish the game. And so this just went and refused to sell it to anybody else or let anybody else finish it. And so basically just drug Jeff's comp my brother's company down with him. Um, into the abyss, yeah. yeah. F, F GameStop, <laughs> but yeah, I mean nobody's trying to help GameStop here. They're really yeah. just going after the hedge funds, and right. you know, like I said, so um, if you, don't don't do it. I uh, just tell you right now, nobody listens to this. Don't break out your piggy bank and find your nearest <laughs> online brokerage. Don't do that. But if you would were to do that, right? Say you did it right now. It's like trading at two hundred dollars. And you got in, and then they did this for another day and boosted another hundred dollars. So you bought a thousand of them, and you what? You know, each share would be plus one hundred, and you sold it if you're able to sell it at that point. And you'd be, you know, you'd get out. And that's how, it, you know, that you're mentioning the Robinhood app. I think there's a little bit of that aspect into that one. And some of the criticism of the application was that I think the guys that developed it worked for like e-trade or something like that so they mm -hmm. kind of knew how it all works and um a lot of people were criticizing them for basically putting people at risk you know um and then on the other part they're like look we're just kind of democratizing a lot of the stuff that is being uh kept behind a gate you know what i mean unnecessarily so I think everybody needs a little bit more financial literacy. Also, we need to quit allowing complicated financial mechanisms and financial products that are just really there to poke your eyes out. You know? Yeah. That's how I'll summarize that. Gina, what do you think about all of this? I mean, great points, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, we've talked about this a few times uh, today even, and I mean, that coupled with all of the films I've seen on this subject over mm -hmm. time. And I, it just brings me to a place right now where I'm kind of like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't know what they're talking about. So <laughs> I'm going to keep my money, my little money to myself. Cause I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, it, everybody gets the same kind of rush that you get from gambling. Right. It, and right. a lot of, especially this short selling, that kind of deal. It's a lot of that. And, 
there's a lot of suckers out there that are losing money. And you're like, well, I shouldn't have never did it. But a lot, it's super exciting if you're like, yeah, we're all did it. Rode the wave. I made $700,000. And then you're like, well, if I did it this time, what if next time I just wait a little longer and I'll make a million, you know, and you just kind of play that game. Right. And that's that's where you get into trouble. I, I'm I'm down for like the larger point that they're trying to make. At least some people are trying to make. But I think everybody has to be careful because you could lose your shirt here. As a side note Indeed. about the, the game stuff, uh, yeah, a lot of game uh, development studios and like graphic design studios, like special effects studios for like movies and stuff, they get crunched and they basically just get eat up, eaten up by the big machine surrounding them. A lot of times they don't have protections, but that's also, you know, one of the draws for working from those places. They'll they'll set up shop in like a Phoenix or a Dallas or something like that. Places where there's not a whole lot. There's like right to work states. They crunch their employees, kind of spit them out. And like, yeah, well, you made a lot of money during the time when you were working a lot, but now there's no more job. <laughs> this actually, right. this company actually doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and, and it's it's similar to the recording industry too in that like bigger publishers will sign on or hire or contract smaller publishers and then basically put them in a drawer and you know they get the ip they put it away and they're never going to use it but you can't use it anymore and you can't therefore you can't sell your game you know like taking yeah. a band you hire you you sign a band just so they don't get signed by somebody else you know but yeah. you're never going to release any of their music you know yeah i mean uh there's a lot of organizations that do that kind of thing and it's smart from their part reminds me of sports and stuff where they do like a draft and stash or mm -hmm. um you know with like uh what is it uh like colleges you know big co colleges and this is one reason why they capped them at 85 because they were just giving scholarships out and like yeah i'll give this guy a scholarship so that way they don't have him and we'll just stash him he can't go anywhere and he's never going to play, but as long as he's not playing for our rival, yeah. Right. That kind of deal. Anyway. So speaking of greed and corruption. Yeah. Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let's talk politics. Yeah, it, it's uh, Joe Biden's first week, I guess his official week in office, right? No ceremonies this, this week or nothing. Y'all can give him a grade? Week one grade. Uh, I mean, I think... There's a lot going As on. As expected. Yeah, I, I what grade do you give for that? Already. Just <laughs> five meets. right in the middle. Yeah. He's cranking out a lot of executive orders, right? Like, no more transgender ban, back in the Paris Climate Accord. I don't know. Something getting, else. Getting rid of the word alien yeah. in legal. Mm. Yeah, cool. A lot, a lot of useful stuff like that, right? I mean, the, the thing is that there's only so many things that can come in, and any one thing that he does, you can complain about and say, well, that's not the most important thing going on right now. He's like, all right, coronavirus relief. Got to do these other things. There was so much bad stuff stacked up right. that he has to undo. And you, there's, you know, like you clean up a messy room. You know, you never. We have to start somewhere, and he's doing it. Um, that's basically what he is doing. He's cleaning up a mess so that he can actually get to doing new work. Yeah, <laughs> so doing old work. There is some the criticism crap. coming from that, right? Like, uh, and I think there's like the legit stuff. Um, because I think it kind of, it's a credibility problem. So you got like, um, you know, these clips of it. Biden's like, you elect these guys and we'll send out a $2,000 check the next week. Right. 
And John Ossoff is like, you know, that's exactly it. $2,000 checks. That's the first thing we're going to do. Stop this gridlock Congress and blah, blah, blah. Well, a week in, nobody has their check yet, right? Nobody really has it. And it's not, it was kind of an iffy promise anyway. Yeah, who thought it would happen that fast? But um, I think, you know, I was, that's how I was thinking. I didn't really think it was going to happen like the next day. But there is an argument that you got to hold their feet to the fire so they do it, right? It wasn't going to be $2,000 until somebody says it should be $2,000. And then they're like, okay, let's do $2,000, right? Like right. that kind of pressure does work. Um, so I, I think one other thing, and this is something that came up, like a follow-on from the summer, was like what do we do or like about police reform, right? Um, and last we checked, it was like uh, defund the police, but then not really, but then maybe. Did we really mean defund the police? Actually, by defund the police, we meant defund the police. And other people are like, actually, by defund the police, we mean reform the police with fund allocation. And the reason I bring this up is that there was a Matty Iglesias article on his Substack. You know, people are going to complain that we're actually reading that guy, but I find him sometimes interesting. Does he call himself Matty because it's funny? That it sounds like it's bleeding into Maddie his last name. Iglesias? I don't know. So if you don't know, he wrote for like the Atlantic. He was a blogger there. He went on to found co-found Vox Media, and then he kind of left. Not really in a controversy, uh, but he basically just has a Substack now, and he's like super successful doing it. But whatever, right? I'm on the free one. I don't pay him any money. But the the one came in, and it was about police. It's actually the second police article he writ he wrote. And it was like, here's why I defund the police is not just a bad idea. That was the first one. This one was like, defunding the police is, uh, it's like bad policy. And here's actually, we need more money for the police. Uh, and then I think, Gina, you had some hot sports opinions about it. Yeah, I read it. You, you shared it. It was very long, um, <laughs> which I thought was so great. Great, sure. I'm like, it sounds like a, a thorough argument here. He's laying out a lot of points and providing supporting evidence. But then, I don't know, the further I read, the more irritated I was. And by the end of it, I was just kind of like, no, I think I hate this article. Um, <laughs> and I disagree. So I don't know. Um, I, I pointed Why out a few disagree? things to you all. I was thinking, like, his... his not all of the points he make seem to ring true. Um, and some of the opposing arguments, the arguments from the defund the police side that he chose to pick at, um, he seemed to intentionally lay thin for ease of whole pokerage. And um, he, and then some of the people in the comments, which I don't mean to, to say that their perspective are his, but they seem to be kind of echoing the, some of his final sentiments. Well, they are people that either, uh, they do actually, you have to pay to be a commenter. So, I mean. So he takes money. <laughs> um, so I don't know the point, like he makes one of the points that politicians should acknowledge that when we ask officers to be more restrained with use of force, we're asking them to take risks with their lives. Some of his commenters support that argument. They're like, yeah, if they're going to go, you know, be less forceful, less brutal, whatever people are complaining about, then they're taking more risk because. Well, I read it because they're scared. Was put at greater risk. Uh, I could. So. OK, sure. Yeah. Even if that's what he meant, put at greater risk. 
yeah, but no, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. most of the time that they use excessive force and it's been shown, and this is what people are yelling about right now and upset about, it's completely unnecessary and completely um, misapplied across demographics. Right. You know, they, so it's not even about that to, to make it about risking their life or fear of their lives is well okay, is where it's so false to begin with. I don't I don't disagree that police brutality and like abusive uses of police force is bad. Dell, where do you stand on that? Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pro police uh, beating that. Uh, nah. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us are like anti. I, I would just uh. I don't really disagree with Eugene about. I'll just take issue with your characterization of his point. I I like <laughs> wrote down what he said. He said put at greater risk. If you say if you asking them to re- to restrain their use of force, basically saying, look, all right, you gotta put put one arm behind your back. That's gonna that's a restraint of use of force. But in their particular case, it's don't use guns at all as often. Don't use batons. Don't use, I don't know, choking techniques. Don't use these skills, right? Those are, and I agree with them. I don't think that they should be using them, especially as often as they do, and then without, re, without like, uh, oversight. But you do that, then you're basically saying, you can't do these things, but they can't, right? Like, nobody's restraining the criminals that way and say, look, you're not allowed. Yeah. To choke hold Ooh, you're rubbing sure. me in all the wrong ways <laughs> but the criminals the right. the people who yeah, are out to eat with their families who no, are minding I mean, their own business uh, again uh, who are uh, being what, attacked what, and murdered by yeah. the police what i would say is that by unarmed restraining their their ability to do it or whatever that you have fewer situations where they use that but the very few situations where it is necessary, they may face a slightly greater risk of harm. But I don't think it's a bad thing that the police have to wait. They don't, they don't meet with, they don't meet non-aggression with aggression. You know what I mean? Like they have to, like they are not the escalator of, of the incident ever. Like the police should never be escalating an incident. And, and then they do all the, the time, bi- yeah. yeah. Right, and that's what they do. And mm-hmm. and that's, I think, what Gina is getting at, you know, is that, like, F, like, maybe the police need to, like, let's have a year or two where the police get their asses kicked for no reason <laughs> when they could have when they could have defended themselves, you know? Yeah. Like, let's have a couple of years where it falls that way instead of always falling so heavily in the other way. Yeah, and in reality, I think what we'd see is that all of that excessive force was just that and that exactly. they did not need to do that because no one's trying to kill them. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, so I, I think that the, the, we're, we all agree there, right? I think, one, there's a history of policing being used as a means We know means where you paid to, a comment. <laughs> we, we have... <laughs> there's a history of police policing being used as a means to enforce uh basically you know white supremacy right uh especially in the south but you know everybody likes to point as the south like it was the only place a lot of this shit happens up north right chicago Mm -hmm. these police are taking people to black sites and basically you know uh you know unconstitutionally like hiding them torturing them lots of stuff like that we don't need any of that stuff um and, you know, like, I think a lot of the, there's a lot of that tied up and it's almost inseparable 
from the way police police out here, uh, the way people think about police. Right? We've seen countless examples this last summer where people are like, well, I'm going to call the police on you, you black person, because we all know what the police are going to do when they get here, right? And everybody knows that, even if nobody wants to acknowledge that, like publicly. Well, you know, I know that police are going to treat a black person differently than they would me, a white person. And so, yeah, what's wrong with that? But, you know, um, so I think what a lot of people that say we just need to rethink this whole thing are saying is that it's so entangled that you cannot separate it, that you cannot reform it. Like reforming it is just getting caught up in the system. And we're just playing the same old game that we played for hundreds, hundreds of years that instead we should just rethink this whole thing radically. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. I, I think, you know, like I said, I, I start out like, yeah, let's do that. I think the problem is that there's a transitionary period where we don't really have a solution. I mean, there, there have been proposed solutions, right? But we don't have an existing infrastructure funded and ready to go to do a hot swap, right? A for B, ready, go. Like, you know, Indiana Jones... At Temple, uh, you know, the the first one, Crusaders, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, sorry. <laughs> I named every Indiana, Indiana Jones movie <laughs> before that one. But you know what I'm saying? We don't have anything ready to go. We have ideas of them, and I think they're good ideas, like uh, social, you know, social workers instead of police, but none of them are hired. None of them are ready to go. None of sure. them are on the, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, like, hey, well, if we invest money into these communities and we reduce poverty, then there's less whatever. None of that's happened right now. We can't just immediately go, you know, John Q. Cop, empty your pockets. We're going to get this and walk it over here to, you know, um, you know, whoever, Samantha Q. Public, and put it in her account, and then that's how we're going to do it. That That's not going to happen. So in the interim, I think that, like, it, it basically we need to, drain down the reliance on A, the police, the current system, and increase the funding for B, you know, but it's the incrementalism and all the people are like, oh, it's the same old neoliberalism, uh, a bunch of crap. Uh, it's never going to work. Means testing, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know any other way to do it without causing some chaos in between. Where it's like, all right, no cops. Everybody's going to be pissed. And you have a bunch of I mean, you, well-trained, you know, militia. And we're gonna I don't think that what people are asking for when they say defund the police or abolish the police differs from what you've just described. And um, but the end yeah. result is that the the look of the police as we know it today is no longer. But it takes time, you know. I, and what's up, I Bill? think that yeah, the big problem and the problem I have with any body's article like this that's taking the term defund the police to in a completely literal way what's that which about? i don't think is really what it's I think, about i, I know there that, are some people who are who do think that yeah but i think that most people are saying we need to restructure this funding and funnel what is cons- what is traditionally what has been tr- the traditional way of funding the police and put those funds into what like you said social workers or whatever that are not that are specifically not uh trained for violence basically they're trained to deal with nonviolent situations you know and yes you could say that's defunding the police but it's really 
just redistributing the funds and, and dividing it to police doing this and this other group doing this with the same funds. Yeah. Um, I don't want to forget this thread that we had. Judy, he had a second point. You want to continue there? The taking risks. So the first one was politicians should acknowledge that uh, asking their police to restrain the use of force puts them at greater risk. And that's something we took issue with. And they should pay them more for that. Right. Basically, hey, we understand you're taking more risk by this by us asking you to reduce your use of force or your ability to use force, right, guns. Yeah, I mean, his whole argument is, right, these are the reasons we they actually need more money, and this is what it would be used for to improve the situation. One, like, raising their salaries um, because it's a risky job. I don't necessarily take issue with that. I mean, I think people in thankless jobs should get money to keep them there because you're not going to get thanked but um <laughs> look but i ain't gonna tell you thank you right? yeah don't expect <laughs> me to say it but here's your paycheck um so sure but i don't think that that means overall budget to police should increase because there are other things you could argue there their budgets being allocated toward for them that it shouldn't be like military equipment like nobody right. needs a tank on hand in their, you know, city, in their local town. Yeah. Um, so things like that that cost money, shift that money to your better salary. Right. You don't get more money. And if anything, yeah. you need less money. We don't need more of you pulling people over for, you know, nonsense, traffic violations, yeah. things that are really just to boost revenue, um, stopping people for stealing, like, petty petty crimes like yeah. a shopping cart a homeless person takes if you weren't wasting your time on that maybe you could be doing whatever the real work is yeah i mean i i don't disagree with those things i to me his article isn't saying that those things there um and like i said there was two of them and he linked to the other one at the, at the beginning of this one um and in that one he he kind of hits the point that look um what we need is an increased welfare state, right? That a lot of people point to other places that don't have as the similar kind of policing we have. But one thing that is different by a lot is like funding for social service services. Uh, like the United States, I think he, he says it's like 18.1%, whereas in France it's like 31%, and then in Germany it's 25%, right? Like the percentage of public uh, funds that go mm -hmm. like to, to services, social services like that. Um, yeah, that like I think you can say we need to increase that kind of funding all across the board. Not say reallocate existing funds from police to those other ones. Where if we increase funds all across the board, I think one of the things within the police budget is like yeah, no more tanks, buddy, and we hire more detectives because there's evidence. Uh, you know, he linked to a couple like uh, papers that say more detectives equal more solved crimes, right? If you want those solved, because I know one of the main issues, like, do they even solve anything out here? Do right. they even do like, what is the good of police? Right? The argument is like reduce crime, and a lot of people are like, well, not always. Like, murder rate, uh, murder solving or cl case closing rate is like sixty six percent. Well, how do we increase that? There's an argument, well, that there is a budget crunch because of whatever. I don't know. I, I think all of those things, if you say. You can ask the question. We could ask the question because they're our police force, right? What are you doing with the money that we give you now, right? And I think you make a good point, Gina. 
why not do you have a tank out here dude in podunk arkansas right dude, is there a lot of tanking that you need to be doing out here um the whole warrior cop mentality which he, he talks about and i think this is the part that's biggest to me is that there's no accountability that that part and this is what a lot of like defund people say it's impossible basically to fire a cop for being a terrible cop um to me that is that's all of it and if if we can't get around it by more money or whatever the case is if the only answer is to defund them and, and shut it all down and that's the only way we can get accountability then yeah let's do it because i i hate that i hate that somebody gets a little power and then they're basically untouchable right if we believe here in america that absolute power corrupts absolutely that ba- police basically have that you know absolute power yep. qualified immunity um ability to be rehired you know just it's and they don't even need a freaking high school degree to to get that right mm-hmm. yeah. like come on think training. about the people that you know that didn't graduate high school and <laughs> do you think any of them deserve immunity from you from know prosecution basically. from how they act yeah it's insane yeah and so in, in that way gina you know uh is that like me having made those points for him, because like I say he, he made a couple of those points, does that uh, make you feel better about the whole argument, or do you you still just hate it? No. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I think you touched on what I was thinking afterward when you said, um, you know, about the system just being broken, um, which is exactly where I'm at with how I feel about it right now. Like, I started on team, like, uh, defund the police? What are you talking about? Like, are you guys crazy? And then I learned more about what that meant. And I was like, okay, that, that makes some sense. And now I'm like totally like Team Kaepernick and abolish the police because it's, it's just systemically rotten. It's, it's completely broken. It needs to be redone. It was built. Uh, I was thinking how this is kind of like a situation I've encountered at work um, where you, I was working on like putting together some, a project with someone and they were like, let's just get down this idea I have and we'll go back and fix it later. And I was like, you know, as I'm hearing it, I'm trying to edit and modify before we move forward. And they're like, no, let's just go with that. We can always fix it later. But you know what? We don't go fix it later. Yeah. That right. becomes the thing. And it the, the longer it's stuck in there, the harder right. it becomes to go back yep. and fix it. Because yep. everybody's like, well, that's how, that's how it is. That's that's what you sent us. Why why are we changing it now? Why are we questioning it now? So, the reform doesn't work because you just trying to pick at and piece away what you think are the broken bits. You know, scraping yeah. off the burnt on this completely toasted toast. It's not working. You just need right. to start over. And it's, you know, like the work example, except with racism. You know, the police were built on slave patrols. Like, it's just foundationally built on policing black people. And yeah. I think the problem and why the change is probably not going to happen and can feel completely pessimistic about it is when we're only 13% of the population, who cares? The other 80 Seven percent doesn't have to care, not really. And yet, when it's a leading cause of death for black men, when police are on your leading causes of death, you you're fine with yeah. Let's f- completely throw out this system. I don't <laughs> care if there's no interim plan. Yeah. 
We would rather police ourselves in our community, handle our problems, build something together than to deal with what we've got yeah, right now, which sure. is which is death and violence. People yep. who are out to get us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's a there's there's no easy way to do any of this cuz it sort of has to work for a larger group than than is like willing to do it, right? And it takes cooperation. And um I mean, so when I come around, I'm like I'm thinking of it from a practical sense. At the, well, at the same time, being a fan of big sweeping changes. But I also know how difficult it is to get anybody to do any little thing. Try to get somebody to show up on on time at noon on the weekend. It's, you know, the more people you add, the more difficult it becomes, right? It's just super hard. And, um, you know, so I, I'm thinking, like, all right, you don't want to create a situation where uh, – like the government is putting people at risk because of uh, like a bold decision, right? That's kind of the whole idea behind this incremental government that we have. Uh, but I, I mean, I think the places to pilot that kind of thing are in like majority uh, black and minority communities. I, I mentioned it offline when I said, I think there's a place for law enforcement um, in like the sense that you need a third party that can step in between two people that are quarreling, right? And somebody that that has the ability to take... That's called a lawyer. <laughs> well, I mean, but somebody that has the ability to physically intervene, right? Like, and what I mean is, yeah, you can have a lawyer, but... I agree, but then how often is that the call? I d I, that's what I'm saying. Is like, whatever the case, the situation is, right? I think we need, like, one cop for that. <laughs> for the whole country. Yeah, he's the one guy. <laughs> Maybe w with a teleporter, but so, he, yeah, yeah th that's the, <laughs> the amount of time it would take him. That's traditional, right? Like you go to like a small town, there's like one sheriff, right? He kind of does it all, right? He just like steps in. He does the actual policing. You only need like one guy to do it, right? I, I don't agree. disagree. I also think as a requirement for that kind of society is that you, you need some stable level of economic, uh, you know, base stability. I'll just repeat myself. Because, like, look, if, if people are out here desperately poor and they're resorting to violence and theft and, and you get rape and, uh, you know, like, just, like, real crime that comes from, de de uh, like, desperation and deprivation. I'm going to say those, those are clashing in my mouth. Deprivation. Yeah. Those are the real causes, right? I think everybody kind of is, is, is understands that those are the real things there. So once you're doing that, then you don't need as many law enforcements, right? So to your point, yeah, there is a place, like I said, for law enforcement. Is it a swarm of dudes in tanks and SWAT gear pretending they're all the Punisher? No, it is not. We don't need that. There's not a battlefield. There's not a, a need for a thin blue line protecting them from us because we're all citizens. But you need a guy to say, look, Dell's here and he doesn't get off my property. I need him to be removed. And they're like, all right, Dell, you got to come with me. And you're like, no. And so they say they got to kind of, you know, take you off by force. We need somebody to do that. We don't want to leave it up to the individuals to say, well, Adam, you're going to need to police your own property. And then I got to go tackle you or something like that. Right. That just creates a potential for more problems. You don't want a lot of people taking the law into their own hands. You need a, a neutral third party. It's like, look, I'm going to move you, but I'm not trying to hurt you. But to Gina's point, I think that that power to do so has been abused has no oversight 
and it's been disproportionately used on black people. And the circumstances under which they are needed for the kind of situations you're describing are the the statistics on that are misrepresented like yeah. regularly people make it sound like they're needed for you know there's yeah. rampant rape when there's not and, yeah. and you know people like to throw out the black what about black on black crime who's going to save well, you from that and that's comp- those statistics are completely inaccurate misrepresented there was a really good thread on twitter about that from some like professor or something i I don't remember his name, or I can't give you any useful information other than to know know that you're wrong if you think that that's true. <laughs> well, the, the, before you continue, that, I was going to say that the thing is that there's an incentive, uh, and then he kind of touches on this, incentive to make their jobs seem more necessary than it is. And then um, uh, there's also, like, um, a tendency for like, was, like, cops across the board to kind of pout. Right? There's a study about that, like, I'm unhappy. I'm not going to do my job. And then crime kind of goes up, right? And then everybody's like, well, we need the cops. And they're like, well, see? And it's it's an unhealthy relationship we have with those police there. Uh, Del, what were you going to say? I, I don't know. You, ma- you, you made me uh, incensed <laughs> about another issue. But uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? Well, I, I, yeah, as you can, uh, how many of those, how many of those, how many events that in that have violence in in them that police are involved with could be avoided you know if the person interacting in the situation actually was a good negotiator or, or able to talk talk things out you know or manage the situation in another way than physically you know yeah. and uh that and well, they're all tied together, man. It's it's giving not people that don't even have a high school education all these all this power and all these weapons, man. And they don't know how to be responsible about any of it. There needs to be a complete overhaul. And I don't mind a little chaos. Jordan <laughs> Peterson, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but I do agree that chaos breeds um, interacting with chaos breeds um, creativity and new new solutions. So. Yeah, I, I think the danger with chaos is that it's usually the the most um, uh, like our weaker citizens, right? Most vulnerable citizens are going to be taken advantage of in that moment in time. I would say two things. One, you mentioned about the rapes. There's a lot of it was a there's a there's a lot of things that interact. This episode needs a things. disclaimer. I didn't know we we're going to say rape so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, there was like, uh, it, what makes me mad is like all those rape kits that went untested, right? Because nobody's doing their job, uh, and we're not holding anybody accountable for that. We're like, oh, oh yeah, I mean, but we do a tough job out here, and we should be. You know, I, I don't like that. Uh, and then the the second part was uh, you made me forget something again. Jeez, <laughs> We had so many good points that are forgotten. We, right the now. point is, we don't need cops to deal with that stuff. Like Dell yeah. said, there are other professionals who could oh. play integral roles uh, in. So Del, Del brought process. up the point about like, uh, and here's where you have a lot of these things, you know, uh, combined. Right? You mentioned that a lot of these people are like don't even have a, a high school education. The thing is, that's a problem, right? Not that they don't have it, but. Uh, like they don't have and they're getting these jobs. Like it's not like, hey, let's just boot more people out from an opportunity to earn a living. Is that we don't have a system to provide something for somebody that doesn't have all the qualifications. You know what I mean, 
Like, where is our social safety net for a lot of these people? It could be that you're like, look, this is the only job I can get given my situation. And a lot of times we just say, well, tough luck, buddy. You should have done better. That doesn't do them any good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people like that. And, um, you know, I, I think all the socialist friends of mine will say, yeah, what about talking about the police as like a tool of capitalism to just really, you know, enforce these things here? White Whatever. supremacy. I mean, like I said, I, I, to me, I think that there's a there's a need for some law enforcement in the form of a neutral third party that can. Lawyers. That's empowered to <laughs> use physical force on a person because. Sometimes somebody has to get thrown out the bar, right? You need a bouncer. Somebody's going to do that job. That's it. But we don't need them to be everything. We don't. I need don't know. I don't know about that. You know, so if somebody walked in right here, all well, all the people I've seen in recent events who no, you're, again, you're, not, you're talking about specific situations. I'm giving you one. If somebody walked into this house and refused to leave, right? We should be able Wait, to use physical them? force on them. Yeah. But what no, if, but see, that's what's yeah. what's going to happen is where where the physical force ends up being needed is before the cops arrive. It's just the the nature of the situation. Oftentimes, like the violence has gone down, and then the cops are in pursuit. Right, like the the guy left because we tried to defend ourselves, and he got whatever he was looking Again, for. I'm not I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is that so by that time they don't typically need the force. Sure. But in the moment, like I said, there is a there is a need for some physical force because like I said, as infrequent as it is, that does kind of happen sometimes. Does it? Yeah, it does. There's people that won't get off somebody's property that are that are bothering people, like that are just like you know causing trouble in a in a situation. You got to evict somebody. I mean, you could even say, well, nobody should be evicted. There should be a home for everybody. But yeah. There's some places where people are unwelcome, right? Where the group has decided this person is unwelcome and we need them removed. Even in situations that but that doesn't take, that that's is, that isn't usually even handled by the cops. It's a sh a sheriff or a constable comes. They do not physically again, restrain anyone. That's law enforcement, though. Right? There's yeah. no application of physical force. It's they're just overseeing. That's what I'm saying. But it, I think a lot of that comes from the power of them being a neutral third party with some power to do so. The threat of is what m is moving the person out, not necessarily the, you know, 107-pound property manager. Yeah. There should be. Yeah, go ahead. Surely there are also, though, more, more – we have – we can spend time on technology that is geared towards safe incapacitation rather than, you know – uh, deadly force or physical well, harm. You know, I, I never a, said I never said shoot way. somebody. I never right. <laughs> I never but said that's, where, Adam, that's where it quit goes. Quit trying to that's, get everybody shot. You know, that's where it goes. It's it's I strong bar you, right? I strong arm you, and if I can't, if I'm not physically, if if you if I'm the police, I'm coming to to you to force you physically to to bend to my will. But you're way bigger than me, way bigger than my vest and all the other stuff I have. Yeah, I have no recourse except a gun. Sometimes yeah. a taser, but you know, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I, I, I think that that's a. There's also like the better way is also to have a stronger community bond where you kind of understand a lot of these things, and it doesn't ever reach that level. Um, but 
yeah, I, I, what what I don't want is that situation being put in the hands of you know every basically every person for themselves, right? Grandma, you're gonna need a restraining move. If you can't, I mean, I don't know, call somebody. I don't know what. Like that's that doesn't quite work for me, and I think that's where you can say we have a designated person. Again, in the case of like a bar, it's like a bouncer, right? Or a security officer, whatever the case is. Somebody that could is legally empowered to go to that level where everybody else is restricted from doing so. But again, if we empower somebody at that level, there needs to be a lot of there needs to be a lot of oversight there. Yeah. And you know, and I, yeah. I realize I'm describing a role of a police officer, but you know, like I said, I think that is the, that is the only way I kind of imagine them. You know what I mean? Like, there doesn't need to be warrior cops out here, right? We don't need John McClane's out here to do that. We don't need him to remove somebody. (laughs) But I'm going to call the cops to remove Gina from here for disagreeing with me without a cake in hand. I mean, so, you guys are not going to really subscribe to Matty Iglesias' newsletters, what you're telling me? Uh nope, <laughs> team team Kaepernick over here. Yeah. Uh, Dell, you were uh, looking up Bitcoin or something. Uh, uh yeah, I was just doing some research on. You've what got one minute to tell exactly us exactly <laughs> blockchain is, and I I don't I don't feel qualified to even talk about it. I just, these are like the beginnings of thoughts, and I said that to you guys just to maybe spark further see if there's any interest in learning about it it's cryptocurrency but it's but it's just as much about the whole blockchain methodology um maybe we pick that up next week or i'm going to be about as useful as i was talking about hedge funds because <laughs> i tried to watch the video about it and it it's was dense quite dry yeah and yeah i i think um i could there's a lot of scary stuff about it, but I think the idea behind it is sound, right? We use encryption to kind of trace this thing until we don't need the traditional banks and the banking system and whatever. Also, there's some dangers. There's dangers with any kind is of Is this about currency. money in my mattress? <laughs> yeah. So imagine if you put money in your mattress, but you couldn't get it out because you didn't know the password. Mm. That is what I've happened. done that, oddly <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's what has happened to at least one person. Uh, he had, and it, it basically will like encrypt itself where he won't, nobody will be able to access it if he fails to, uh, enter the correct password seven times. He's trying to remember password from like seven years ago and he's used up like five of the seven tries. So not looking good for that guy. And there's like a couple million in there or something like that. We've made the case for a tattoo. (laughs) I I would get behind that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't write it down. I just it just a lot of situations there. That sounds terrible. Because yeah, he's tried like a bunch of passwords he's used up to that point. But I don't know that he's tried and he doesn't have any opportunity to try like typos, right? You know? Like you know, maybe it's his name, but instead of Paul it's P U A L because he just typoed anyway, it that it one time. time. Or Sucks. he was like, I need to just I need to have a real special password for this. I'm gonna write this, do this and and then he never used it and never thought about it again. Yeah. There's no forgot password option <laughs> no, on that. No, there's none of that. Hmm. No email two-factor authentication. Uh, I did see somebody said all your passwords should be, you should print them out, put them with your important documents, mm-hmm. especially something like that. You should have wrote it down, print it out, put it in a safety deposit box or something. But if he hated banks in the first place, I don't know what to do with it, but I don't know, put it in a safe or something. 
Put it in your safe, yeah. Should have wrote it next to your money. Put it in your master, (laughs) in your mattress. Yeah. (laughs) Super safe. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, honey, I threw out the mattress because I knew how to (laughs) die. That's what I would do. I would I would do something like that and put it in my mattress and forget and then be Replace like, Oh, it. we need a new mattress and <laughs> get a new mattress and then two years later be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Well that has at least happened to a lot of people putting money in their walls and shit and then they open yeah. up doing remodeling, they're like, Yeah, there's like seven hundred dollars in here from nineteen oh five, which or is, you bury you know, it and you forget yeah. where damn it. My dad does that. Uh, nobody nobody go look up where my dad lives, but uh, he's like buried precious metals in and around the property. I think every every man over <laughs> every a certain man age certain does age. that. I think we've I've got yeah, someone like, like that I got in my family. <laughs> like, do you have? Is there like a treasure map for this? Like, I, so I'm like, look, Dad, I'm not gonna go look for him. I'm not gonna be out here with a shovel or a my metal detector. rusting trap. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, go- if you don't have a map for him and have them dug out before, you know, you croak. I'm just, they're just not gonna come out. I'm not gonna go digging around here, man. Right. <laughs> Too lazy to dig for gold again. It's not. Eighteen forty nine. Yeah. Sure. Speaking yeah. of dementia, <laughs> um, <laughs> really inappropriate joke, but you know they they usually do like an annual walk for various causes, and then they do one for for Alzheimer's. Sh- yeah. Shouldn't it be called a walk to remember? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? I well, like it, Gina. When are you going to the stand-up club? Uh, you can see my ten-second set. Hey, uh, folks! <laughs> right uh, here. I, I wish I would have remembered what I was going to say about. You still don't remember? No. France, French, yeah. French. France. Did you have a point, or were you just op- doing? I was a making open? a point yeah. to highlight another point. Were you? And I made the point, and I don't know what I was going to highlight, so it doesn't. It's pronounced really pont. Yeah, yeah, pont. Uh, yeah, you don't say the n or the t or the i. I mean, but yeah, I was pont. we're learning some <laughs> French. I can speak a little French now. It's speak not so it. hard. I'm still at about my fifth grade level. I don't really have anything to say. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured out why they say pow all the time. It just means like not. It's like a negation. I just don't know. They were just going pom, 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 pom. But they like, they yeah. are just doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm uh, trying to make it sound smart. I was in the movie. The guy was like, manjaba. Like, you're not going to eat, right? Which means oh, not pa. eating. Yeah. yeah. P-A-S. Je, je ne sais pas. Je, je ne sais pas. Uh, anything in French. <laughs> I don't know how to say anything in French. <laughs> Well, I think you could just say "rien," right? Which is like nothing, right? Uh, R-I-E-N? Yeah, "rien" is like uh, like you say um, "merci," and you say "rien." It's like it's nothing. Yeah, right? I I know what you would say. I know how, <laughs> where you would say nothing. <laughs> oh, you're saying uh, je, "je ne sais pas" is like you could just say you don't know. Nothing is what I was telling. Yeah, you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I know. I know nothing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can find the show at derangedpenguin.com. That's P-E-N-G-W-I-N dot com. The end of it. Um, and uh, we're on iTunes. Uh, you know, fun fact. You ready for the fun fact? It better be fun. So I was uh, browsing the interwebs and I saw an ad on a respected site. For listennotes.com. And I thought it was one of these site scrapers, like podcast scrapers. 
I had like was originally looking at our show on there, and I was like, "What's this? Is this another one of these side scraping ones?" But actually, the guy, you know, he just wanted to build a search engine for podcasts. So, go to listennotes.com, search Deranged Penguin, you can find us on there. A little advertisement for that guy. Interesting. Yeah. Fine. And if you want to watch a Back. French show on Netflix, besides Lupin, uh, you can check out Call Your Agent. Call my agent. Call yeah. my agent. That's the English title. But um, uh, the French title is like 10%, which is like 10%. 10%. We started go. that show, so check cool. that out. Actually, if you saw what The Upside, the movie The Upside with Kevin Hart and uh, Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah. You can watch the French one. It was actually a remake. Omar apparently. C. and some other guy. But yeah, it's called The Untouchables or whatever. I'll get right on that. Watch it. It's, yeah, it's, don't pronounce, it's funny. You don't pronounce the B or the L or the yeah, E they don't pronounce or the it S. There's somebody <coughs> <coughs> <It's> like <laughs> clearing the throat. It's like uh, a French speech. <coughs> that is one thing about like learning French is like you, you throw off like the ending consonants or whatever. But when you listen to people speak it, they really do like leave like whole syllables off and stuff. Yep. Like to me, it sounds like like it's a lot of the word is not there. You have to infer a lot of things. <laughs> well, so... Yeah, well, yeah, we do the same thing, right? Like when we say sure, stuff, I'm sure we right? do. Like right now, I just said it right. I I made a sound that is evocative of the word like, you know, right. and that's it. So they're saying they're doing the kind of same thing. Like you've heard so many times, I could just kind of go and then you get it. I don't need right. to say the whole thing, which is kind of how a lot of these things happen. Uh, did you know that because is from the old French formulation of acoustic Acoust par or something like that, whatever. Basically, by cause of, right? So you're saying, I have arrived by cause of the car, you know? Uh, and then, like, nobody really says that. Like, now in French, you'd say, like, per se or something like that. Like, the Spanish porque or the Italian, basically, same thing. Don't say pancetta. That's <laughs> not it. Uh, the, the Italian pancetta. Pourquoi? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, it's, but the only place they say, still say, like, basically... Acouste is uh, in Montreal, where they speak like the 1500s. Oh, yeah. Never, yeah. That's the funny part about that. Interesting. There's a fun fact. It is, it's mildly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Was it fun? Did you like? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, wife. Guess what I learned today? On mildly the <laughs> I'm gonna run straight to Sarah and tell her. <laughs> All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.